How does a child cultivate an understanding of humanity? How do they learn kindness, empathy, and respect for others? Every individual must learn what it means to be human, and early childhood is when this learning begins. What matters most for children is how we are with them. Regardless of your role in a child's life, you help them learn to trust, explore, develop, and learn. How you choose to be when you're around children, both your actions and your words, serve as models for how to be in the world. You consistently send messages that shape how children see themselves, others, and the process of learning. Children are watching us. They're following their leaders. I'm Judy Jablon, founder and executive director of Leading for Children. At Leading for Children, we bring together all the adults who care for and educate young children to ensure their success now and in the future. For children, every moment counts. Today, as we explore LFC's Humanity First model, let's think about what it means to be honest in our relationships and interactions. My podcast partner, Nicole Parks, is here along with our colleagues from Marin, Tanya Taylor and Carol Barton. Nicole. Hello, Judy and everyone listening. My name is Nicole Parks and I am the Deputy Executive Director at Leading for Children. Carol, I'll pass to you. Thanks, Nicole. I'm Carol Barton, and I am the Project Director for the Early Childhood Program at the Marine County Office of Education, and I'll pass it on to Tanya. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having us here today. Uh, My name is Tanya Taylor, and I am the Project Coordinator in the Early Childhood Department at Marine County Office of Education with Carol. Thank you for that. Um, We've invited Carol and Tanya to join Nicole and myself because they have been working with Leading for Children in the most fantastic way, and we've learned so much from our partnership. So we've asked them to join us so we could have a conversation today about what it means to be honest in our relationships and interactions with adults and what children are learning when we are that way. So I'm starting with a quote from our book, and it says, when you choose to be honest in relationships and interactions, You let others get to know the real you, your authentic and sincere self. So let's think, what does that mean to each of us? How does it look in our personal lives? And how does it show up in our professional lives? Who'd like to get us started? So when I think about honesty and and honest in um, my life, I think about the relationships I have, my impact on them. I feel like and being in an honest relationship, it's one where I can be curious, where I'm open, and the other person can be open with me. So there's some trust and safety involved. Um, it's one where I can take risk and really be authentic and know that the other person has got me no matter what. It's also one where I can truly be my real self, that I, I can share my identity, my beliefs, my perspectives. Um, and know that the person who I am in this relationship with is open to that, um, is listening, and also supporting me along the way. I get to spend a lot of time with a almost two and a half year old now, and uh, think. And he was the first person that I thought about when when I was thinking about this question of honesty, because of the trust that we have of each other, and I and it for me, honesty is probably the most significant, I value it um, a lot. 
And because I think it has laid the foundation, being honest has laid the foundation for the healthiest relationships that I am in. And so when I think about my relationship with Elliot, who I want to have a healthy relationship with, um, I I get to hear his, you know, he children are so honest, <laughs> you know, when, when they are asked, um, you know, do you want, are you ready to go? anywhere and he's and he will let me know if he's ready to go anywhere with a, either yeah sure or no <laughs> and so either way how i respond to that is really what's important that he and he knows that i will that i'm listening to him he knows i'm hearing his no or yeah sure or um and that i'm going to respond in a way that is respectful of that um he you know, he, he, we get into little power struggles. Um, and that means that I have to really, really tune into what he wants and, and what his needs are and what he's really saying. And he trusts me to do that. He trusts that I'm going to respond with the, to the best that I can from that. And so our relationship is extremely trusting. I get to be uh, you know, the best that I can be. And he is an incredibly able, I, you know, I, I keep coming up with this idea of vulnerability as well. Mm -hmm. I don't see him as a vulnerable human being, but he's two and a half years old. And so by definition, he's extremely vulnerable. And that's kind of where I go at the moment with, with my thinking about honesty and relationships. Nicole, would you like to add? I'm sure, Judy. Listening to you, Carol, it's so connected to what I was thinking about with honesty as you talked about your relationship with Elliot, your grandson, because it automatically made me think about my mom and how you would expect that your parents would know you better than anyone. And I also know that that is not always the case. And one of the greatest things I remember about my mom is even in her dementia, when she didn't know our name, how much she knew us and how much she knew me. She knew things about me that I didn't know about myself yet. And I often wondered why. And it was because we had this honest relationship that I could be my unfiltered self with her. And often through life, um, especially for myself as a woman of color, I walk through the life, walk through life very filtered, right? And so it's rare that I feel like I bring my whole self into a room. And with my mom, I could bring my whole self. And it was a place without without judgment. And so I listen to you talk about your relationship with Elliot. And I think about what a beautiful gift that you all are giving each other, because just as he is trusting you, you are trusting him. And so it also made me think about that two-wayness when it comes to an honest relationship, that he is being honest with you. And in many ways, in the ways that you respond, your willingness to listen, um, you're being open and honest with him as well. And I think that's what really stands out to me. And as I think about it through the lens of thriving communities for children and the impact that we have on children, it is a beautiful thing to be a child and an adult to know that the people in your space 
that they respect you enough and hold you enough that you can be honest and vulnerable with them. And so that's what made me think about that. And that's the beauty in listening to you talk about your relationship with Elliot. And for me, listening to the three of you, it's, it's, we built a beautiful story. Tanya, you began and you used the word identity and a second key word that you used that I wrote down was healthy. And I thought about, wow, you know, what if each of us could own our identity in healthy ways? And if as the adults in children's lives, they were watching us own our identities in healthy ways, the impact that that would have on them. And then Carol, I'm sorry, um, Tanya used the phrase, I know the person has my back. And I connected the person has my back to Carol talking about Elliot and saying, <laughs> he, he hears me or I hear him and trust and respect. And you then brought in the word vulnerability and that made me think about safety. And so if we keep coming back to, if I am seen and heard and I feel like I can be healthy, in my whole self, that I'm safe, as Nicole said, to bring my whole self into this situation without judgment. Wow. You know, what powerful people we could be, what a sense of agency we could have. And then think of the relationships that that would allow us to have. And then think about the thriving environment in which children would live. Thoughts? One thing that comes to mind is the the uh, intentionality and the work that it takes to create those thriving environments, like each of these pieces. Being honest is not always easy for us, especially I think grownups, or if you're a child and you think you might get in trouble if you tell exactly what really happened. <laughs> um, and um, so I think it it takes, yeah, the idea of safety comes um, with honest relationships, but it but you need the honesty to get there. Um, and then there's this idea for me of of humility and walking, being in relationships with thinking that all I really can do is be honest. I mean, what I can bring is my um, authentic self in order to have healthy relationships, in order to do my part of a healthy relationship and what that models for, for me also, for just me paying attention to me um, and the work that it takes to do that helps me see what it might take for others also to be in. So, you know, for them also others to be in good, healthy, strong relationships that, where the foundation is, is honesty and integrity. So I think we shaped a really strong definition of what it is, what it means to us, why it would be so cool if we could live it and how it would benefit kids. And Carol, I think what you brought up just now, maybe our next kind of arena to play in, which is the work it takes. And you raised a number of different issues. One is kind of the reason it's hard to be honest in terms of the fears from an adult's perspective, a child's perspective, you know, kids learn to lie really, really early. 
I think lying and cheating is obviously a societal issue. And here we are talking about like this pure emotion of being honest or this way of being that's so pure and what, what interrupts it. So we're not going to solve it, but one aspect of the, of the work is does being honest mean you have to tell it all? So how about we play with that a little bit? Let's talk about kind of how you set boundaries how you make decisions about, how each of us make decisions about how to be sincere and authentic without feeling like it's too much. Who wants to start? I think for me in Gracie, my uh, 12-year-old, wow, (laughs) (laughs) 12-year-old, as of Monday, we have this conversation a lot and I fall back often on the wisdom of my grandmother because I always wanted to know things and just tell me the truth, be honest. And she would say, before you share something with someone, you should always consider, is it too heavy for them? And so I think for myself, Safety and vulnerability is definitely a part of that. And through that wisdom, I really try to consider what will happen for the other person if I share that information to with them. Like, is it too heavy for them to carry? Or is it too heavy for them to carry just in that moment? And can I be open and honest about that? You know, even the practice of when I talk with friends or when I talk with my adult children now and even Gracie, I'll say, I have something to tell you. It might feel a little heavy. Do you think you can carry that now? That's the lingo I use with my children. And if they say no, I respect that. And if they say yes, and then there are things I do make executive decisions on and go, okay, I don't know if I'm ready to share that now because I don't know if they can handle it. And then the other part of that too is, will I be able to healthily navigate what happens as a result of that? And so, and then I think the last thing I'll say about that is then I have to ask myself my motives. Am I really holding this back? because I have that concern from that person or for the we in the relationship? Am I holding something back that because I have a hidden motive, whether it be shame, whether it be, I just don't want to tell you, whether it be, it'll make me look bad, whatever the reason is there another agenda here. And that's honest, right? That's another aspect of honest. I have to be honest with myself in order to be honest with them. Before everybody else chimes in, there was so much power in what you shared, Nicole. And I do feel like we need to start listing your grandmother as a guest each week because boy, her wisdom shows up every single time. You know, I can kind of feel like you raised one issue about kind of intentionality on your part around this this sort of, is it going to be too heavy for the other person? And I think wow, that's something we could really like dig into for a three or four weeks. And then also the question of what are my motives for sharing? And that made me think too about being intentional about what you choose not to share. And that 
it isn't inauthentic to decide that something is not part of this relationship or that it's not necessarily necessary for this relationship. So I think there's that's a huge amount of wisdom to help us understand the work. Tanya, you are definitely ready. I can feel it. Yeah, no, and it's it's um it's funny because I also have a daughter, Rose, and that's when we had before you even said anything, class what I thought of was the conversations and she's 23 now, but the conversations we had as a child. And then she was that child that was always saying, well, I want to know why, like, you know, what's going on. She always, she always wants to know what's going on, which has served her well. And also I had to, as a mom had to figure out what is, what is the impact going to be on what I share with her? Is it something developmentally that she's ready to hear? Is it something you know, I don't want to be dishonest with her, right? If she's asking questions, I need to provide some kind of response that's going to support her where she's at. And then just seeing the way that we, the way the two of us, our relationship has grown from, you know, her being a child to now being a young adult and the kind of conversations we can have now openly, knowing, knowing that, um, what she hears from me, she's, she's keeping safe. And the same way, it's a two-way conversation that we're having, um, knowing that I can be vulnerable with her and that's okay. It's, it's healthy for her to see that modeled, um, especially as a young woman, that it's okay to have these types of feelings and to, to be honest about what's going on in a healthy way. Um, and I love her dearly. Um, and it can be, it's, I, 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 I know where you're at, Nicole, because I've been there and I know you've been there too because you have adult children now. It can be a hard road sometimes that uh, having those kinds of conversations and needing to know that when you have those conversations that are really honest and you understand what the impact could potentially be, that you are also there behind them, wrapping around them, saying there's, there's going to be support, right? So it is intentional that if I'm sharing something that I know may may not be something fun to share, may be um, impactful in a way that um, could be potentially hurtful or that she just is not ready to hear yet. How am I going to wrap myself around her to make sure that she has what she needs to process the information, to continue to have conversations about it, and know that, that whatever happens, that we have each other and we love each other. Carol, do you want to share, add anything? Well, I was thinking about how reflective both of you were in, in this piece. Um, I, I mean, I suppose we all are being, but the the self-awareness and the ability to, to contextualize uh, when, you're, when you're sharing what you're sharing. And for me, I think that the skill of pausing <laughs> to think of in it before and and to have that self-awareness of thinking about I love the idea of what what's the motive for sharing whatever's wanting to come out and um and then the restraint perhaps that comes with a little bit of with the pause so in those especially intense and close relationships where you want to be honest and you want to be truthful and you want to um, impart, you know, your wisdom, your grandmother's wisdom. And, and then also knowing that maybe this person isn't quite, maybe this isn't quite the time 
maybe this isn't quite the 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 person the place um, to do that so you know sometimes people share things with us and it just isn't appropriate i'd like to share a story it's painful and i'm sharing it because as the adults and children's lives we have such a deep responsibility to know our impact and know what our children can and can't handle. When I was growing up, my mom shared stuff with me that I now know was really inappropriate. She had a super tough childhood. Her dad left when she was an infant. She was in foster care while her mom learned to trade. Her mom never remarried. And when my mom became an adult, she married and lost her husband when her child was very, very young. I'm the product of my father and my mom. And what my mom needed to share with me when I was a little girl was how much she loved her deceased husband. He was the love of her life. And she talked with me about him and compared him to my dad, I wanted the closeness with my mom so badly that while I looked forward to these intimate conversations, my gut was always churning. I felt guilty listening. I felt embarrassed. And mostly I had some sense that I was harboring a secret from my dad. And in my effort to feel close and connected to her, I held her secrets that were way, way too hard for me to carry. Thank you for trusting us and for trusting the audience, um, Judy, because I think what you, you've shared is so important. It, it really elevates the impact that we have. And it also offers hope and optimism that while it's important that we as adults own the impact that we have, our words have for children, there's also optimism and hope that for those children who may not be around adults who are cultivating self-awareness, um, or even when they are around adults who in a moment forget that they can come on the other side and be someone who I think has had a huge impact on our early education system. And more importantly, I know has had an impact on me. And while you may not have been a mother, I think about how you are with Gracie. And I think about how you accept the wholeness of who she is um, in all of the ways and how she lights up when she hears your name or she hears your voice and she's in the other room. And it is because you have given those things to her by being honest and being open and embracing and respecting her for who she is. And so I just want to honor that in this moment because I think it is important that we also share things like that as well. Well, now that I think I have myself together, my reason for wanting to tell it is that I know so many parents who say, 
my child is my best friend. And I want, I want to convey as four educators, four smart women, that having wonderful trusting relationships like Tanya, you have with your daughter, like Gracie has with her kids, Carol, you have with yours and now with Elliot, that you can have a wonderfully vulnerable relationship. But that question, is this too heavy? And where are the boundaries? And how do you make it safe for both people? Is a lesson that we could so learn again and again and again, and that we have to learn in our relationships with our partners, with our friends, with our professional colleagues, and especially with kids. Thinking about how the the um, because I'm the grown up, <laughs> you're the child came to my mind on that and how what that really means it's we can say it so flippantly and but the truth is really our role as grown-ups and the hope that you inspire Judy by telling that in telling that story for me over the last couple of years of being in your company the, the company and and you Nicole has meant being able to at at the end of my career, really beginning to really think so much more deeply about those five commitments and the changes that I feel happening in me and the um, growth that's happening in me and the re realization that it doesn't need to ever stop, you know, the growing um, the piece and wanting to be the best person that I can be is inspired when I hear stories such as, as yours, and am in conversations with the people that we're in the conversations with as part of our projects. So thank you. And I just wanted to add on, Judy, just again, how grateful the story, just because I have lots of friends who who aren't mothers and being being able to hear that has an impact on, on them as well. So I think it, the, what the story that you shared it it reaches a far wider community that may be having the same conversations in their heads, the same feelings, and being able to hear someone such as yourself share that brings comfort. Well, and I think, thank you all. I think, and thanks for helping me get it out. Uh, I think the thing that is so interesting to me about honesty is that we think the opposite is dishonesty. And I wonder if really we could say, well, there's honesty and then there's choice. And, you know, dishonesty is actively choosing to not tell the truth, but to tell a false information. But choosing to not say something doesn't mean we're being dishonest. And I guess I'd love to hear us explore that a little more because I think that dichotomy of, well, if I don't tell them, then I'm being dishonest. Um, my story that I just shared, Nicole's known me for a very long time and she's never heard that. And it isn't because I didn't want to tell her. 
It just didn't fit. And so I think that this idea of when do we share information about ourselves? What information do we share? What information is important to the relationship? What do we choose to leave out and why? All of that is part of sincerity, integrity. Then in contrast, there's dishonesty and manipulation and falsehoods and all the other negative stuff. So let's just dive in a little bit to, you know, when do we make choices about how much to tell? And I think we started a little bit with, is it too heavy? I don't know, maybe we should explore the motives question a little bit more that Nicole brought up. Carol? I was thinking about when the ch when children ask about where babies come from, and we all have to make this decision about <laughs> what, how much, Walmart. and how do I, <laughs> Walmart, there you go. <laughs> and it's a place that, especially for those of us who are in our field, we, we get to hear those kinds of questions. And, you know, I sat, I was behind a group of children at a group of four-year-olds who were discussing this question and the their theories were just fascinating you know one was you know we take the head off the mommy and then you take the you know like it was like just <laughs> and but it, so it was it, it was great to hear them as four-year-olds having this conversation and getting to understand what they were really asking um before we decided to jump in with whatever we thought they were whatever we thought they were asking and whatever we thought they needed to hear. So just sort of that whole context of re, again, pausing, but also being really curious. And there's that, that other, you know, just being able to think about what is it you're really asking? What is it you really need to know? What is it I really need to tell you? Um, having those kinds of questions before jumping in with and the humility to just sit back and think I, I'm, I have no idea where they're going with this question <laughs> or why they're really asking it and and asking that finding out you know what do you about what the, what's really behind it so so you've just offered us two more tools one is activate curiosity as we think about honesty that you know what does this person want to know and and then the other, I think, is also nurturing relationships. It's it's how are we using questions and using parts of our identity and using facts to kind of strengthen the relationship. And that's always our goal is to strengthen it, is to sort of for children and for each other in our lives to get to what you raised right from the start, Tanya, which is healthy. And healthy is about strong. So I think we tend to jump in without that pause that Carol, you just raised because we react. Other thoughts? And then I have another big question. Well, I, th I think also back to being healthy. And I spoke previously about the impact, you know, thinking about the impact I'm going to have uh, and being honest. And at the same time, I also, 
I need to take that pause for myself. We're talking about um, our way, when we're ready to be fully honest or be honest with somebody about something. And what is the impact going to be on me? Am I am I ready? What am I, what supports am I going to need after I share this information? If it's if I'm having a a conversation, a really open, honest conversation. Um, so it's the impact. It's a two way, right? Again, so it's the impact on both of us that are in the relationship not just on the person who may be on the receiving end of things. Or the delivering. Or the delivery. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Who am I talking to? How How does my, you know, I know between my two children that I talk differently because they both need different things from me and I need different things from them sometimes too. But how I deliver, it's completely different. So I'll make a reference back to my hard story for a minute. My mother was ironically a very formal and stiff and not very warm person. And the times that I experienced warmth with her were these times that what she was sharing with me was too much information. And so I held on to the feeling because it felt special and it felt like it connected us. But it was a kind of, I'm I'm really avoiding using, you know, a harsh, harsh word here of a kind of abuse because I really, I couldn't understand and handle the information. And it, in some ways, weaponized relationships in my, in my actual family. So I think it's not just who am I talking to, but what's my need? in saying it. And I think that's a question that we often don't ask ourselves. Why am I saying this? Why am I being honest here? Like, is it even appropriate? Yeah. We, so Gracie grew up under, I laughingly say she grew up under uh, the under conscious discipline, right? She would be in so many different places with me that she really like understood the lingo and what it meant. And so one of her favorite phrases since she's been about four is, is it helpful or hurtful? And so, so many times when I am thinking about what I'm going to say, especially in those relationships where you can really take that honesty for granted and say things that you necessarily don't need to say to the other person is I'll, I'll hear that little four-year-old voice in my head going, is that harmful or is it helpful? You know, and so a lot of times that's really the quick way I gauge is who is it helping for me to share this information? And could this information be harmful? And sometimes we think harmful means this big tragic event. Sometimes harmful can mean you just added a little static to my day that didn't need to be there. We we have colleagues who have talked to us in, in coaching sessions and in other contexts where they feel like part of what undermines their ability to do their work and undermines their ability to be okay and in good shape when they get home from work to be with their families is the fact that people at work have unloaded on them. And so I wonder if part of this conversation about honesty 
is when someone feels like, well, I need to feel close to Carol or Tanya or Nicole, or I need somebody, and you just tell it, what's the consequences for that person in terms of the rest of their day and their evening? And similarly, how do we cultivate the ability to say, I can listen for, I have so much empathy. I understand that this is hard. I have five minutes to listen. So this might not be the best time for you to share your story, but it doesn't mean that I don't care about you. I was thinking about how many people are in our field who, and and, and one of the reasons I think that this, um, you know, our journal studies and our discussion groups um, are so powerful is it's an opportunity to be heard, to hear each other and to feel that empathy. Um, because I was wondering about what it did for what exactly your question, what is is this serving? Who is this serving? The you know sort of oversharing and the spilling out at perhaps inappropriate times and places. And what's the need that it's meeting? Um, and so by uh, you know, I love your response, Judy, but I and I also think that being in a community where there are some there is some structure and there is uh, some space to think in the deep ways that we are allowed to think and encouraged to think um, in very trusting, safe spaces. Maybe, maybe this begins to mitigate some of that deep, deep need to to feel the connections that are not as appropriate when they're filled in another way. I'm going to put out a different question in talking about this podcast with some members of our LFC team. Someone said, you know, as we think about honest relationships, we often miss the mark and Tanya, this is going to connect to your two-wayness, that we think we're forming an honest relationship and we'll do something like not say something or assume something because we feel like we know how that person's going to respond. And so sometimes we think we're being empathic or we are sure we're taking another person's perspective but would a more honest approach be to be curious and not to make that assumption and never to feel like, oh, I know that person so well, I know what they're thinking. And rather to actually say, huh, tell me more, I'm curious. And I just wonder if that resonates for any of you and you know how you might want to pull that thread. For me, I think there's a line through from honesty to respect that kind of goes two-way. If you think about those arrows that go two-way. And I've always felt that assumptions are like the lazy way out. Like Mm -hmm. if you really respect a person, because if you respect someone, more than likely you are going to be honest with them. If I respect you in this way, I am going to resist as much as I can 
making assumptions about you. I'm not saying I won't ever do it because we are human and judging, which goes hand in hand with assumptions, is part of life. But I am going to resist the urge to do that. And so I am going to try to lean into that curiosity. Um, Even if you say some, sometimes I'll hear myself say, I think I already know how you feel about this. And I'm curious, like, am I on, am I on track with this? Or I might already know the answer to this. And I'm going to ask anyways, because I'm trying to resist making assumptions because I respect you enough to understand that we are ever growing, we're ever evolving, and we are ever learning. And I've had to do that myself. I've had to relearn who I am. And so I found that I made a lot of assumptions about myself that were not true. And I realized that, oh, I I probably do this to others. So I think the first thing is holding on to respect and saying, I respect you enough not to take the lazy way out. I respect you enough to be curious and to honor that you are growing as a person. And so even if I knew the answer a month ago, the answer could be different today. Nicole, you reminded me of an experience I had recently. Um, One of the things that I am trying to do is be less judgy and, and a little and less angry. And, you know, like think, big truck drivers in, driving by me on the bridge in my little car, you know, it's like that kind of thing. And, but so I was with Elliot, we were at this um, Bay Area Discovery Museum, which is this incredible outdoor discovery museum. And he at two and a half was playing in the gravel pit with um, next to, he joined a two-year-old who was also at the gravel pit, another two-year-old little girl. And, um, he went and took her shovel so that he could have it. And her daddy, who was sitting there, said, don't let him take your shovel away. You go grab it back from him. And I immediately went into professional mode of let's talk about taking turns and being two years old and learning how to be with others. And when there's all, you know, that, all that. And I was tr- doing int- intentionally trying to educate this dad um, about this two-year-old problem we have about taking turns and what we do and don't know about joining, you know, in play. And later, and then the daddy and he took his daughter and they, and he, she, she played for a little while longer and he kind of got the message. But then later I was talking about this with um, a colleague of ours who was just an amazing, amazing child person. And she said, you know, when you were telling me that story, I was imagining this daddy who was, feeling that his his two-year-old daughter might feel a little threatened by your two-year-old nephew boy or grandson and um that he might be trying to help her learn how to take care of herself and it was a perspective that when she said it it made absolute sense to me but it but I had gone in with my judgments and no humility and and no curiosity. I really, you know, um, and so just stepping back and thinking about the the different perspectives that um, came when somebody did bring that curiosity to to that dynamic and helped me think about 
you know, I did, I don't think that I think that I know what people are thinking all the time, but I did think I knew what he was thinking and I was really, really wrong. And so it was just, an, for me, it's been a really interesting opportunity to think about how many times I jumped to conclusions without that curiosity and learning how to, again, with that self-awareness, step back and pause and consider what's really happening in, you know, and ask perhaps, you know, and learning how to, how to ask those questions in those kinds of situations. So, so both of those, both Nicole and Carol, the perspective as well as the curiosity mean so much to me and the relationships I have. Some of the work I do here in the county um, is working with teachers and potential teachers, people who are interested in in being with children, and and we have conversations about what their goals are and what they need to to be a professional in the field as far as college units, et cetera. And it's it, we have to be curious. I have to be curious in in my conversations with them because they're coming from places all over the world, from educational systems that are different than ours. And I can't make assumptions that they haven't had just because they didn't go to school here in the United States, that they haven't had the experience or the education that they need. And so I have to be curious and ask those wondering questions and and then also take the time to listen to what they have to say about their experiences. And it's it's provided me the opportunity to to build a lot of relationships with people here in Marin and also other places. And it also, it also, I think it's so enriching when you're able to hear other people's perspectives on how they grew up, where they were educated, how they were educated, what their family was like. It just is, it makes my life fuller and helps me be a better person to not just the teachers I'm working with, but with my family members, with my friends. And so I think it's really important that uh, that piece of honesty, that there is that curiosity and also the willingness to to look at other perspectives and to be open to those. Anya, that was really breathtaking. And I think, you know, you spoke first about identity and healthy And a thread through this whole conversation has been curiosity. And I think then about how many people we see at tables in restaurants or, you know, anywhere, and everybody's like looking at their phones and missing out on the opportunity to keep learning. Yes, in the gravel pit. (laughs) And also, yes, in conversation. And yes, Nicole said, you know, keep growing and keep keep learning and and resist assumptions and look to understand more perspectives. I think we're nearing the end of our conversation. I want to make sure that first, does anybody have a question about honesty that you feel like we should mess around with for a few minutes? I have something I'd like to offer, and that is we've talked a lot about being honest in relationships and being honest with children and doing that in a way that's intentional and appropriate. 
And I, I also think it's worth there's us remembering the importance of being able to be honest with ourselves. Because in some ways, I feel like that is the most important honesty because that is the place from which honesty with everyone else is going to flow. And you embody that, Nicole, and you have been such an exquisite model for me. And I think had you not been in my life and modeling that for me, I wouldn't have been able to tell the story I shared in this conversation. Well, thank you, Judy. I think it's hand in hand. I think it's having a safe place where you can practice being honest. And I think in a lot of ways, I know you've created that space for me over the years and we create that space for each other. And I think a lot about our partners like Carol and Tanya and how together we create these spaces for each other um, and also for our members in our learning networks that so much of this work really is making sure that the adults need a place that's safe to practice this type of honesty so that we can be honest in relationships with each other and then be able to work together and model that for and with young children. I'm going to invite Tanya or Carol, anything else you'd like to offer? Nicole, what you just said, um, the modeling and being honest with ourselves. I think it's so important that I, the work that we're doing, so the work that you have, have brought to us and that we are in community with you around um, and the impact it has had on the people that are in the ecosystem of the children in our community, that when you were speaking, Nicole, in my head, I was picturing this parallel track of, of that as teachers are learning to be honest with themselves and how important it is to, to have that sense of honesty, that they're, they're taking that back to their environments with children and families and, and modeling that. And so that there's this ripple effect going out of growth that's happening of positive experiences that children and families are having because of the impact um, the adults in their ecosystem are experiencing right now. I wrote down as Nicole was talking, I think every time Nicole talks, every time I'm with her, I write down pretty much verbatim everything she says, but compassion is what came to my mind and thinking about how being really honest with ourselves, I agree, is so essential to being able to be honest, period. And it also kind of forces us to be vulnerable with ourselves as well. And be okay with, you know, um, have compassion for ourselves. And then compassion for others. My feeling about that daddy at the gravel pit went from growl to compassion. And that's who I want my grandson to, you know, I want him to see 
the world and himself and all children to experience themselves as being able to be honest, not perfect, and compassionate. Thank you so much. I know I'm dating myself, but there was this expression for years of when E.F. Hutton talks, everyone listens. We might have to switch it to when Nicole Parks everyone talks. When Nicole Parks talks, talks, everyone listens. So when we opened the podcast, I said children are watching us. They're following their leaders. And that's the essence of the humanity first model that we learn dignity and respect by doing it. And that it, it doesn't take a lot of money or big governmental programs that Leading for Children's approach to building strong communities for children and for us, it starts with each one of us. Conversations like this, the little actions we do, making sure we smile at people, say hello to people, not dismiss the person who's homeless next door, you know, to the grocery store, but rather to ask if there's something we can get for them. Changing the way we do stuff, it takes courage and a lot of skills that we talked about in today's podcast. And we say we have to be bold and stand up for what we believe in, what's fair and right, if we're going to achieve the goals of inclusion and equity. And we have to find new ways to collaborate and to listen to each other. Strong communities are inclusive by nature. And again, inclusion begins with us. And when we say us and we talk about children, we're not talking just about the educator and not just about the family, but about everybody in that child's ecosystem and in our ecosystems. So thanks to the three of you and the four of us for having this really cool conversation. We talked today about honesty, which is one of the 11 simple rules of Thriving Communities, a new book that Nicole and myself had the pleasure of writing together and was published by Leading for Children and which is being used in our friends Carol and Tanya's community. Uh, if you're interested in learning more about Leading for Children, we invite you to join us in our community by visiting www.leadingforchildren.org. And we thank all of you for listening. <laughs>